Pretty good, tired, but good. Have you seen all of the news on the new phones? Obviously. How have you not, right? <laughs> yeah, it's impossible not to. They're everywhere. So we've been talking a lot about the cameras, a lot about the different features, the different models. Obviously, we care about the cameras the most. The most. That and I will say the wallet also for me. Like the you, wallet, yeah. wallet and cameras. <laughs> but we've got some special guests today that we're going to dive deeper into the cameras and the tech and the history behind them. And this is a first for us. Yeah. We've never done, uh, well, those of you who are watching the video, you'll see that's a virtual interview. We have virtual guests. Yeah. We're using technology and the internet to um, broaden our horizons of the podcast form. And uh, we've got with us today, John McCormack hey guys. and Francesca Sweet. Hey guys. And they are both from Apple and they're going to uh, introduce themselves, tell you a little bit about what they do at Apple and why they are here on the Maddie and Pete show. And we're just going to dive in and we're going to do some stand-up comedy and we're going <laughs> to make things feel really uncomfortable for everyone. I'm kidding. Um, Thank no stand-up from me. No stand-up from me. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on. And uh, why don't we start with whomever wants to go first and introduce yourself so that the world can uh, get a little bit of information on you. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to chat with us. We are really excited to uh, share all the great news that we have on our iPhone 12 models today. My name is Francesca Sweet. I'm um, on the iPhone product marketing team. I'm joined here with my colleague, John McCormick, who heads up uh, our software camera team. And he's the, the brains and the, and the genius leader behind everything that, that we do on the software side. Uh, so we have an incredible lineup this year with powerful cameras. I know we're most excited to talk about the cameras today. Uh, and so when we look at our camera system, we really look at everything from uh, the hardware system, which is our Apple-designed components like our lenses and sensors. On the iPhone 12 Pro Max, we have an all-new sensor shift OIS, uh, which is the first in the industry of course, we combine this with our A14 Bionic chip, which powers everything that we do. Uh, so our incredible image signal processor, as well as the 16-core neural engine. Um, and then this is all comes together with the incredibly intelligent software algorithms that John's team uh, puts together. So I'll hand it to John to share a little more. Thanks, Francesca. Hey, guys, thanks so much for spending the time with us. Uh, We've got a really interesting lineup of products this year. As Francesca said, we've got this great range of iPhone 12 products from the Mini all the way through the Pro Max. And the thing that we are most excited about is that even though there is so much crazy technology sitting inside these phones and these cameras, and I'm sure that we'll get to that, our entire goal as we go and build these products is that when you're using them, the technology just fades away. Because as creatives, as people, we know that the whole goal when you pull out your camera to take stills or take video is to capture that beautiful moment or to just engage in that creative in that creative space and we want to make sure that nothing gets in the way of that so the thing that we spend so much of our time doing is yes creating all of this great technology inside the camera but then just making it all fade in the background so that as creatives we can just go do our work uninterrupted i got to be honest 
I think like a year and a bit ago, we were in Banff and I made this video saying how I hate smartphone photography and video. <laughs> nice way to intro. <laughs> this is a great, but when, when the 11 Pro came out and now the 12 is like, my mind has completely been changed. And you're talking about some of like all the, all the technical stuff that's happening and you don't even realize it. I completely underestimated what you guys would be able to do in terms of software yeah. to make these tiny sensors look so much bigger and so much better to the point where I think you could get away a lot of times using just an iPhone for photos, especially, and you wouldn't be able to tell that it's not taken with like an expensive cinema or a DSLR or mirrorless camera or something like that. And that's, that's incredible. And that's the thing that really excites us because what, we're, what we feel like we're doing is we're just opening up the creative space for photographers and videographers. Because let's take HDR for a second, which is one of the big things this year, introducing Dolby Vision HDR across the entire line. First of all, let's look at why HDR is important. Yes, it's like it's technically interesting, but the really interesting thing about HDR is by capturing that wider color space, that bigger gamut, uh, over 600 million colors and an extra uh, few stops of light, we're able to more faithfully reproduce what it was like to be there. And we've all had that experience of going to a movie or watching a movie on a HDR TV and seeing those beautiful big fireballs and just kind of feeling like it was like to be there. But then you realize that in order to take that kind of footage and process that prior to this year, you would have needed really expensive cameras, a ton of training, lots of technical help, big studio support, and now you just do the whole thing with an iPhone. And so while we could spend time talking about how deeply technically impressive this is, and as a nerd, yes, it absolutely is deeply technically <laughs> impressive, the more important thing is there is a whole set of filmmakers now that can go and start telling their unique story, uh, doing the things that they love to do in their own voice that just didn't have access to this kind of production value before. And that is the thing that we are most passionate about and most excited about, just freeing up creatives to go and create. But even on top of that, you know, for, for novices like me who, uh, you know, are not going to go and, and make a whole film, you know, just to be able to capture my memories in a way that's going to last a lifetime uh, and even beyond to have that incredible detail and dynamic range. Uh, you know, there's no reason that my own home videos shouldn't have this amazing cinematic quality. That's what's crazy. It, it's kind of like now everyone went from knowing nothing about photography to suddenly like everyone is really good yeah. at photography and I'm kind of mixed on it. I'm like, that's great. The bar has been raised. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like, well, does that mean I got to work harder now? Cause people like John are just destroying like the software side of things to, <laughs> to make it so good in everyone's hands. Would you say like, I guess for people listening that are unsure of like how the cameras are so good, I feel like Apple specifically has gone like the software route to enhance photography experience versus putting money into like making the phones bigger with optics and, and lenses and stuff like that, which typically you'd need for depth of field and getting those smooth, creamy backgrounds. You'd need that 1.4 lens, that big telephoto, that stuff. But Apple has said, okay, 
we'll just do the same thing, but we'll program that to happen in the software instead of the physical. Is that, would you say that's on the right track or am it, I off? It's on the right track, but I'd actually take it a little bit further. And one of the really cool things about being part of the Apple camera team is we get to work from lens to sensor to the actual chip that powers all of this greatness through to the software as well. And so when we're, say, for example, looking at doing an iPhone lens design, and typically you'd have all these questions about how wide can the aperture be and what will that do with edge-to-edge sharpness, chromatic aberration. Well, as software people, we jump into those conversations and say, well, guess what, lens designer folks? You can actually add some extra light gathering capability or you don't have to worry as much about chromatic aberration because we can exactly profile the lenses and remove it in software. And so while we talk a lot about this crazy world of computational photography, really what it is is it's the entire system. That that to me is why I love building cameras at Apple because we get to start with what do we want the customer to do? What is the thing that we want to go create? And then from there we go, what do we need to do in the lens? What do we need to do in the sensor? Oh, wait, we need to inv- uh, to change the entire chipset in order to be able to give us more machine learning processing power, and then we'll go pour some software in on top. So it's just such a cool space to live Stacked. in. Stacked. Yeah. It's- Can you guys, I forget exactly how many it is, but like when you take a photo on an iPhone, how many photos is it actually essentially taking and then combining? Do you know this? No, I don't know that. I mean, are you talking about burst mode or just regular? No, just like regular when you're taking a photo, isn't it, isn't it essentially taking a bunch of photos and then like combining them through deep fusion? I could be, I could be totally wrong. (laughs) You're just just saying, you're just saying scary words right now. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's. It's absolutely understandable that you don't know the answer because it is actually sort of scene dependent. So let's take uh, Deep Fusion, for example. We look at um, a set of up to nine photos at different exposure values, different lengths, and from those, and this is absolutely where the mad science magic happens, is we, in real time, without you having to think about it, go through all of these photos and go, which one's got better detail in the shadows? Which one stops motion better? Um, and we can use, which one freezes motion better? Uh, and then we sandwich all of those together and now, can you imagine you know, doing that in Photoshop, like the amount of work that you would have to do? And so doing all of this behind the scenes. And then if we move into something like night mode, the really cool thing about night mode and the thing that makes night mode different from traditional mirrorless or DSLR is in if I'm using a traditional camera and I want to take a two-second exposure, I need a tripod and I need to hold it super steady because it's just one frame. And then I also have no motion stopping capability. Well, with night mode, we take a whole bunch of frames. We take short frames to stop the motion. We take large frames to let more light in so we can fill in the details. And then we go do the same thing. We go and apply all of that crazy mad science and produce a single image out of it. And so a way to kind of think about it is 
there's always been the two halves of photography, right? There's the exposure half of photography of like, am I getting the right raw materials? And then there's the post-processing, what you did in the physical darkroom or the digital darkroom. Well, we get to play in both of those. We use all of this computational photography to uh, make the physics better so that we can get better sort of pixels and better raw materials to start with, but then we do the same kinds of things that you would do in the digital darkroom, except it's just a whole lot quicker because we can use machine learning to jump in and go, oh wait, that's sky, or that's hair, and that's skin, and that's face, and that's lips, and that's teeth, and that's glasses, and go treat all of those independently. And so now instead of having to go in, create a bunch of layer masks, and light them all differently, and stuff like that, that's, that's, that just happens <laughs> before it actually hits the disc. Did, did so, you know that? That's just even when you take a normal, just a single photo, all yep. of that's happening. Yep. How, how fast is that? Like what? Do you know like the actual millisecond or? or I mean, it's going to feel just as fast. Yeah, the capture time is going to feel just like capturing any other photo. So that's the beauty of it is this is the the power of the chip that we have that is doing all of this computation in the background. And all you have to worry about is just shooting away. I had no idea any of that happened. (laughs) But just honestly, I I, I knew like it took good photos, but like I had no idea like uh, science was just exploding behind the phone (laughs) and math. Every time somebody takes a photo, it's taking so many photos and just like doing all this insane stuff to make this one really nice photo. But so one of the things that's oh, where, that's where the craziness of having uh, this chip that we call the A14 Bionic that is it's like this little supercomputer. And when people sort of ask these questions of like, okay, well, can phones ever really be as good as the traditional camera that I've gone and paid all of this money for and I'm really proud of? Well, the thing that your kind of traditional camera doesn't come with is it doesn't come with a supercomputer, and so we that means that we get to apply all of this goodness on every single frame that you take. But then when we move over into the video space, and this is like sort of the crazy thing about HDR and Dolby Vision. And so if you, if we think about like kind of quick sort of what is HDR and then what is Dolby Vision, sure. HDR takes us from 8-bit color to 10-bit color, which gives us 60 more, 60 times more color than we had last year, 700 million colors, bit over, something like that. But Casual 700 million. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then if you, yeah, more yeah, po- po- points for you if you can identify colors like 650 million through. But the... <laughs> Uh, but the, the place no where chance. this gets really interesting and the reason we decided to go with Dolby Vision is what Dolby Vision does is it sits on top of the 10-bit HDR stream and then lays down all of this extra data that the display device can then use to go and say, what is the best possible way to go and use this information or this color, this color gamut to display on this screen right now. And it does all that processing in context of not just the individual frame, but every single frame up until now. And so it's this massive processing. And so typically the workflow for uh, taking Dolby Vision HDR is you would go 
shoot in 10-bit in sort of like as wide a gamut as you possibly can, and then you would go and drop that off into an editing studio and you know let people who are really good at it go and sort of like work all of their dark magic, whereas the A14 will just go and do that for you in real time. And it's crazy enough that not only can you record in Dolby Vision, which iPhone is the only camera uh, that can record in Dolby Vision. You can also view, edit, and share. And then if you go and run iMovie on iOS as well, you can also do uh, multi-clip editing in Dolby Vision at the same time. And so it's like having this whole little HDR Dolby Vision production studio just wandering around with you. It's just sick. Well, you had a you had a question actually about video, and like future iterations of where the software might go. Yeah, so I think like video video surprised me a lot, especially with the, the HDR. I think has come so far that it's so good at, at emulating like a, a much bigger sensor, getting that dynamic range. And um, I think I, I love the twelve, but the one thing I was waiting for, wait, uh, I, I was expecting some sort of. You guys added lidar. Maybe Francesca can speak to this too. I was waiting for that, like, I feel like it's the last piece of the puzzle and that's that shallow depth of field look on a small sensor. And I thought LiDAR would be used for that. And so I don't know, maybe, maybe you have... In, that, in video mode. In video. So we yeah. would get like a portrait video mode. We already have portrait mode uh, for photos. It's a Night little mode. bit... Yeah, it's a little bit easier in photos, video, it's everything's moving, it's, it's harder. So I thought that LiDAR would be used for that. Maybe that's coming. I don't know if you guys can say anything, um, but maybe you guys can speak to that a little bit. Well, the thing that we do use LiDAR for, and LiDAR is light detection and ranging, uh, and really what it gives you is uh, two... It gives us two really interesting things. One, it gives us very precise depth no matter what the light level is. And so this is great from an autofocus perspective because we've all been in that place where the light's getting low, but the light is really beautiful, and then you just like... Oh God, will the lens just stop hunting and let me get on with this shot? Well, now we don't have to do that anymore because not only is focus really accurate, it's also up to six times faster in both still and video. But the other thing that LiDAR gives us is, to your point, it is it gives us this really good depth. And so we've been able to use that depth on the still side in... Uh, portrait stills, and that we've been able to take all of the portrait mode um, imagery that we've been sort of like working on for a long time and progressively making more and more beautiful and combine that with night mode because now we've got this see-in-the-dark depth capability. Yeah, just to add to what, what John was saying, we have an incredible autofocus scheme. We have a whole hybrid autofocus mechanism, and uh, we've now added the LiDAR scanner to our autofocus capabilities. So uh, we have our contrast-based autofocus. We have focus pixels. We have phase detect autofocus. And so that allows us to make sure that we are always optimizing the best autofocus technique for what the scene needs. Uh, and so we are intelligently analyzing constantly to figure out what is the best. Uh, and so, yeah, the LiDAR autofocus now allows us to get this instant autofocus, even in low light scenes, so that you can capture that moment uh, and, and not worry about missing the moment and, and then carry on with your day. I think one of the coolest things is how when you take a, a shot in portrait mode, how you're able to change the shape of the light after the fact 
is that going back to what you guys were saying when like a million different equations are happening at the same time and you know harry potter is in the phone waving his wand around um is that all those calculations all those different frames being taken is that why you're able to actually change the direction of the light and give yourself a white background or those presets or I'm just wondering if you're able to explain a little bit in like a layman's ish terms to people listening, how that actually happens. Cause as a photographer, that's to just suddenly have a white background or a black background and everything's keyed out or changed the way the light looks or the softness of it. Like that makes zero sense. Yeah. It, um, it's sort of revenge of the math nerd, right? It's just, um, you know, all those folks that, like, didn't get their respect in high school, well, now is our time. Because what's happening is we take the photograph and then we get a depth map of the photograph. And then when we think about lighting, we can actually do the lighting independently. And so if we think about, like, how we go and sort of model that lighting, as you go through contour lighting, studio lighting, what we're actually doing in this crazy mathematical model is we are changing the number of softboxes, the shape of the softboxes, so you can make the softbox bigger for a more gentle light uh, to get that like beautiful skin tone, or you can like kind of squeeze it all the way down to something more specular if you want to kind of pull out the facial grain. And so when you're just like, you're just there like sort of like casually like moving this slider around like, ah, a little bit more light, a little bit less light, et cetera, et cetera. That's the equivalent of like sort of your, you know, your, your, photographic assistant just like running around the studio with a bunch of like sort of you know, scrims and soft boxes going like, do you want this bag? Do you want that bag? Um, and it just, uh, it takes less work if, if you do it the way that we do it. It's really fun. And, and we studied a lot of, uh, you know, traditional lighting techniques to really make sure that we are staying authentic cool. to these traditional lighting principles that have really withstood the test of time in, in photography over years. So, uh, yeah, we're excited to bring these, you know, professional grade lighting capabilities to everyone's hands. I, I got to say, I'm still, uh, you guys don't have to say more, but I, I, I wish and hope that the LIDAR will bring shallow depth of field to video. Like, cause we already have, we already have nice resolution. We have the dynamic range. We got the ultra wide camera. I love the ultra wide. I just want some of that shallow depth of field in video. <laughs> that, maybe that's too much to ask still. Well, but I, man, I, I want it. I was gonna say like, that's one of the avenues I guess that could, you guys could explore in the future. Like, where do you go from? Like, how do you, every year this you seemingly, the camera's better. The camera's better again. Like we can pretty much the world can just expect that with every version of the phone, the camera's better and better. But where's the ceiling to that? Like, is it is there a point where you just say like, this is the only camera that ever needs to exist anymore? Like, what is there a goal as to how far to make this camera exceed all cameras? Like what's, is, there, is that like a team meeting you guys sit down in the lunchroom and go, all right, guys, how do we destroy this next year? And then again and again. No, we, we actually, so we get to think many years ahead. So we got sort of folks off cool. in labs working on like cameras for you know, a long time into the future. But we've got this one driving goal. And that driving goal is how do we let people just tell the stories that they want to tell without having technology interrupt them. Because if you think about sort of techno ca camera technology through the ages, 
it's always been this super complicated things of like ISOs and f-stops and shutter speeds and shutter angles and blah 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 and all of that the way that we look at is getting in the way of letting people take uh, whatever they want to take, create whatever they want to create, tell the story that they want to tell. Now, clearly, as creatives, as pros, we want to be able to assert more control as well. And so one of the things that we spend probably the most time on is how do we create a camera system where you can just use it and it'll do the right thing, but then when you want to assert more control, you can go and assert more control. But the thing that we are always driving to is how can we make the camera more and more invisible and the results more and more like it was to be there? Because when you take out your iPhone, sort of the thing that we want to do is allow you to just say, this is a beautiful moment that I'm involved in or this is a great creative opportunity. I want to just capture that. If I'm being a creative, I want to be totally in the creative space. If I'm just being a normal person going about my day and I'm out doing something beautiful with friends or family or see something wonderful, I want to capture that and I want to put all of that in a bottle and then take that bottle with me and I can kind of like, you know, pour it out and relive it myself later or give that bottle to somebody else and they can relive it as if it was there. So that's the goal. And so we don't tend to think about like, oh, should we we go and add more of this or more of that, et cetera, et cetera. Our driving goal is how do we live up to our main aim, which is to let everybody tell the story they want to tell. So you're thinking about the experience as much as you're thinking about the quality of the camera. It's just basically a giant umbrella. That's the goal rather than a singular, let's make the sensor bigger, et cetera. Absolutely. Because again, going back to the world of computational photography, it's not about any kind of single thing anymore. It's not about like, oh, if we do this to the sensor or this to the lens, then that just is our thing. It's much more kind of asking this question of, here's the result we want to get. We could get to that result a bunch of different ways. We could change the sensor. We could change the lens. We could pour in more math. We can do all sorts of crazy other things. Uh, and that's where sort of, that, that's the big sort of like stew pot, right? Of like figuring out like which the, what the best way forward is. And again, going back to one of the unique things that we get to do at Apple is because we design everything, we get to make all of those choices. Yeah, I do want to clarify. Wow. We do have an incredible cutting edge camera system that has some powerful <laughs> sensors, course. amazing sensor shift, OIS technology, some you know really great new lenses. So uh, we get to, to combine all of those incredible cutting edge technologies with the, the, the mad science that, that John's team works on. I think that's what makes like this so powerful is that you always have it on you. So it's already convenient. It's so easy to just like pull it open, couple settings maybe change the lens whatever bam you got this amazing photo like it's the it's the convenience but then also the high quality now that you're able to get it's hard to beat that yeah like when i'm at home i don't pull out my my mirrorless camera what's well, there it's in your yeah. back pocket i just oh kite you know picture of my my son yeah boom done easy looks great i have a fun question are you a front pocket iPhone carrier or back pocket <laughs> iPhone carrier? This is important to me. Um, th because I'm a giant, I'm a front pocket iPhone carrier. Front pocket. Okay, Francesca, don't let me down. What, I, what, what? I'm a back pocket. You know, girls' back jeans are only allow for back pocket. See, 50-50, <laughs> there we go. Pocket. 
front pocket? I don't understand front pocket carriers. <laughs> really? It's weird, man. Throwing that giant thing in your front pocket. Like, what's really? up? Let's put on some let's put on some hockey equipment while we're at it. Interesting. This is I did not know this. Oh, that's <laughs> wow. a, that's a big thing for me. It's like white socks and front pocket iPhone carry is just weird. The places this conversation has gone. <laughs> I want to talk about one more thing before we get out of here. Um, if you could talk about like the new sensor shift and like all mm. the new technology that's gone into that, um, I think that's a really interesting. Yeah, the Pro Max. Uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, we have an incredible new stabilization system this year. So we talked about how it, we adopted this high-end DSLR approach. We brought it to iPhone. It is uh, the first in the smartphone industry. And essentially what it's doing is we're stabilizing the sensor instead of the entire lens. And so that allows us to uh, precisely control motion in both X and Y. Uh, so you get these really incredible stabilized shots, uh, whether it's photos or videos. Uh, on top of that, we have the ability to make uh, 5,000 micro adjustments per second. Uh, so, you know, that means that that's five times more than we were able to do last year. Uh, so you're going to get these really stabilized handheld shots uh, up to two seconds. And so, you know, that's equivalent to a full f-stop in light gathering capability. Um, and we've, you know, really improved uh, the stabilization of both higher frequencies as well as lower frequencies. So higher fre frequencies are like vibrations from a vehicle. Uh, lower frequencies are that, you know, outstretched arm that we're always have when we're trying to capture that shot. Wow. I, I, yeah, it's so impressive. I have, I have two, two requests, maybe two requests. First, first off, someday we would like to get inside of that secret lab and see oh, all of it. Please, but it's a, it's you a don't have to answer now. Don't have to answer now. But that's like, we're a combo package. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you got to take both of us. It's a fun place then, to be. I got to tell you. <laughs> and then secondly, this one's a little bit smaller. But I would love to have long exposure control, better control of the long exposure on the camera, especially with the new time lapse that you can get the long exposure time lapse. I want to be able to turn that on when I want it on, not just when it's on the tripod. If you guys could on. please just, you know, just put in a good that. word for us. Just, we would love that. Just <laughs> unlock that. Yeah, little. just a little tweak. <laughs> well, we'll talk to our people. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for coming on and blowing my mind with all of the things that <laughs> happen when I push a single button that I had no idea happened. And uh, you things, will never think of taking a photo on an iPhone the same way, no, right? I'm going to think of, of Francesca's great posture and John's incredible <laughs> hair every time I take a photo for the rest of my life. But guys, also thank you because it's folks like you that really are a big driver for what we do, folks that will take the tools that we create and go and use them to do remarkable things. And the thing that we love is for, you know, to see what you create, to see what your listeners and watchers create, to see what people create all over the world, to tell their unique story, to document uniquely what's going on. We are just so privileged and so proud to be part of this great storytelling adventure. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we appreciate for uh, allowing us to be able to do like, yeah. it's crazy. I could just take this and like do all that. I, I love it. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for having us. For this was really us. fun. Really appreciate it. Yeah. We really Thanks, guys. appreciate Stay you guys. Well. <laughs> yeah. All right. See you later, guys. Later. Copy their background. 
Their background? Yeah, they got a great Apple-esque background. <laughs> you, want, you want their background? It's just, it looks nice. I, I, isn't our background fine? Our background's great, but like, <laughs> they've got that nice modern Apple feel, you know? Okay. Okay. See you guys. Bye, guys.